This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. And enjoy even to sit back in a nice, comfortable environment to receive your word. Holy Spirit, teach us your word in the name of Jesus. Impact us with the word of life today and let our lives be transformed in the name of Jesus. You know, one of the things, one of my prayers always, every time we have an opportunity to preach, to minister, to teach, whatever, is that at the end of it, there will be a transformation in people's lives. Learning and keeping, keeping on learning and not being transformed is a waste of time. Amen? Amen. So today, I pray that lives will be touched and transformed Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today, we continue in our series that we've been talking about, the things God cannot do. And a quick disclaimer like we've done in time past, is that when we say the things God cannot do, we're not talking about the ability of God. We're talking about the things that God has chosen that he will not do. Uh, praise the Lord. Why? Because the scripture asks the question, is there anything too difficult for you to do? And we know the answer to that. There is nothing too difficult for God to do. So when you read in the Bible, you read the story of an angel appearing to an old priest. Amen? And giving that old priest a message that is going to have a child, a son. An old priest that perhaps had been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and trusting God for what we call the fruit of the womb. Now he's old, about to retire, and that dream has not materialized. Amen? I can guarantee you at this point in his life, he had given up hope. He is no longer praying. My case is not anywhere close to his, but I prayed for two years. I said, Lord, I need a wife. I need a wife. I need a wife. Every morning I pray, I need a wife. After two years, I said, God has had me. If he hasn't answered, maybe he's working on me or he's working on her or he's working on both of us. So I left that prayer and I focused on service. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That seemed to be the case of this priest here, uh, Zachariah. Zechariah continued his service in the temple, and one day, somebody say one day. I believe that one day is probably today, or somewhere around the corner for somebody under the sound of my voice today, in the name of Jesus. One day, the angel appeared to him as he was doing his service in the temple. Luke chapter 1, verse 19, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. Who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. There's a time in our lives when God comes and shows up with an answer to prayer, but unbelief becomes a problem for many people. Friends, 
and I think uh, Co-Pastor said this earlier, it really, what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing in the moment is really irrelevant in the scheme and the plan and the program of God for my life. Many people judge God being with them by what they are experiencing in the moment. So if things aren't working out well for me, then God is not with me. Or God is not happy with me. Excuse me. What will you say about Job? Even Job, uh, God himself testified about Job. God was bragging on Job, and Job, Job lost all of his earthly inheritance in one day. Everything. Not only that, all of his children died in one day. God forbid, if that happens to a pastor, that church is empty the next day. He said, this man is cursed. Of his shorty is, is cursed. All of that happened, but God was still with Job. God was still with Job. It, the, his, his immediate circumstances was not a description of the presence of God in his life. And the same is true for you, my brother and my sister. God has a plan for your life. Okay, you can't receive it. God has a plan for my life. And it doesn't matter what it, my immediate circumstances are right now. God is taking me through a process. Somebody say process. There is a process. People want to pray and just get the answer. They don't want to go through process. There's a due process always. Somebody say always. There is a due process. So the angel appeared to him and said to him, look, you will have a child. You will have a child. You will have a child. And it was like, how can that be? I'm an old man. My wife is old. You guys, did the angel ask him any question? He said, okay, God is about to give you a child. Not you. <laughs> I know you are done. Are you? Done. Oh, okay. So we have agreement. God says, I'm going to give you a child. You are saying, oh, how are you going to do it, Lord? Is it my body? Is it my back? Is it? Who cares? God says, I will do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. If God has said it, God will do it. In the mighty name of Jesus. So he said, he, he, he was arguing with the angel. Just be quiet. We will make you dumb in the season. So that you will not use your mouth to destroy what God wants to do in your life. May you not destroy what God is doing in your life by your own words. In the name of Jesus. Watch this. Watch this. So it was made dumb. Right? And then following that, the angel left him. <laughs> you know, it's interesting how God works. I'm telling you the honest truth. That is why in a church service, you know, why somebody is saying, they are sitting there right now, sitting there right now, and they are already thinking, so after we are done, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do that. And then somebody else is receiving a revelation about what God is doing in their life. And then somebody else is catching another rema and is praying about something. Everybody is having different experiences, but God is not stopping because of one person. So because one person refuses to receive, it's not going to change what God is going to do in the other person's life. The angel left, <laughs> left Zachariah and went to Mary in the same chapter. 
It wasn't the following. The same day, as he left, he went to Mary and gave Mary another message. And after he was done, she also asked a question, but not out of unbelief. He said, seeing that I'm a virgin is a righteous thing. Am I going to commit fornication to have this baby? Seeing that I'm a virgin. I said, don't worry. It is going to be of the Lord. Of the Lord. And the angel asked her a very important question that I think is important for you to ask yourself continually. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 37, and I'm reading the King James Version here. Luke 1, 37, it says, for with God. Somebody say, with God. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. Every promise of God upon my life, every, you, you, you speak for yourself, every promise of God concerning me shall be fulfilled, shall come to fulfillment, shall come to realization in the name of Jesus. Because with God, nothing shall be impossible. If he has said it, that seals it and it is done. In the name of Jesus. We worry about process too much. What it will take to get from here to there. But God says, I got your back. I got your back. I got your back. Listen, if only what, what, what we are talking about today is God cannot lie. He cannot lie. If he has said it, he will do it. It does not matter how long it takes. If the Lord has said it, the Lord will do it. That is the message today. What promise is it God has made to you? Watch. What promise have you received by revelation from the scripture? If you don't read Bible, then there's no revelation. Maybe that's an encouragement for somebody to read. What promise? There are certain promises God made to us in the early days of the church. And those are the things we're still holding on to now. Holding on to. Holding on to. So when people say, you know how people talk mess. When people talk mess, it doesn't face me. I am holding on to the promise of God. I am holding on to the promise of God. Somebody once said, is that which church? The church that would not be there on Sunday. This was Friday. Ah, I said, excuse me, are you God? If you are not God, you cannot stop what God has started and what God is doing. You are not God. Unfortunately, I'm not trying to say anything. It's not because of what they say. It's just that life happens. That person is late today. Don't, I'm not saying it because it's because of what he said that he died. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is God, whatever God has said, whatever God has done, it abides forever. Ecclesiastes, isn't that what Ecclesiastes said? He says he does those things so that they have, he said, whatever God has done, it is forever. He says no man can add to it and no man can remove from it. You know why? Because he is God. And it does it to let men, let people know that this is my doing. And it is marvelous in the sight of my people. 
It's the doing of the Lord. The doing of the Lord. So whatever it is God has promised, wait for it. Wait for it. Don't be a thermometer. You know? Say, I just don't feel good today. Say, I'm not feeling good today, but the word of the Lord says. Somebody did not catch that. <laughs> this is how I feel, but this is what the word says. Even though I'm feeling this way, I have a better promise than my feeling. I have a better promise than my feelings. Listen. Listen. If only Mary would have read Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, she wouldn't have asked any question. Isaiah 4, 7, uh, 7, 14, it says, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you what? A sign. Behold, what? Uh-huh. 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 If she read the scripture, she wouldn't have been perturbed. The problem with many is they don't even know what the Bible says about them. So when the enemy comes to tell you stories, you take it hook, line, and sinker. Because what you are used to is claim it, you know, how do they say it? So name it, thank you. Name it and claim it. Name it and you get in the hype. And you do the hype and you leave the place and you are just living on hype. You don't know what God has said about you. If Mary will have read the scripture that a virgin will be with a child, her question will have been different. Her question will be, am I the virgin? Am I the virgin that I was talking about? You know how many years before Jesus was born this was written? Hundreds of years. I think it's about five or six hundred years that the prophecy was already spoken. That a, a virgin is going to be with child. And that will be the sign that that is the Messiah. Not only that, by the time you get to Micah, Micah chapter 5, I think the second verse, God narrows it to the location where he will be born, to Bethlehem. Many years ago, the prophecy was given. What is it that was spoken about you? I've told you many times how I struggle. My mom told me, oh, they told me, they told, she said they told her that one of her children will be a pastor. My question to her every time she tells me is, Mom, did they mention my name? <laughs> but once the Lord has spoken, it is done. Oh, someone said, God says it, I believe it, it is settled. Whether you believe it or not, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Hallelujah. 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 Time is never our friend. Okay. Let me do this very quickly. Numbers 23, verse 19. We're talking about God cannot lie. God cannot lie. Whatever he says, he says what he means, and he means what he says, and he does what he says. He's not man that he will lie. Numbers 23, 19. He said, God is not, what? A man. So he does not lie. How many people have told, you've lied in the past? Okay, so we know we have some liars in church for sure this morning. Not the ones raising their hand, the ones that their hands are down. 
He said, God is not a man. It is of man to lie. When you find yourself in a difficult situation, you just quickly say something. They're not necessarily untrue. You just don't tell the truth. And you know you are not telling the truth. You are not wholesomely lying. You didn't fabricate any lie yet. But you, you, they say something that is not true. You know it's not true. But because it makes you look good. You just smile. <laughs> praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> you are not being true. You are not being true. He said, God is not a man. He does not lie. He is not human. So he does not change his mind. I changed my mind, though. Oh, plenty. In fact, my wife, she's always telling me, okay, is this the final decision? Yes, for now. <laughs> yes, for right now. That's the decision. God is not like man that changes their mind. You know, maybe I thought I would have availability, so I made a promise. And then by the time I was hit with the reality of my situation, I said, hello, I'm sorry. Yes, I promise, but I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. He says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he doesn't keep changing his mind. Has he spoken and failed to act? That is not God. Has he spoken and he has not acted, amen, has he ever promised and not carry it through? So the, the questions are asked like a negative asking of questions. But if you read this, one thing you must read here is that God is not a liar. God is truthful. God is true, right? God He's stable. He's not changing his mind. He's not unstable like the waves of the sea. He's very stable. Whatever he has said, that is what he means. You can trust his word. If he promises, he will deliver on the promise. The problem with us is, we, you know, we live in micro world, microwave world. Fast, 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 fast. Pick the phone and cell phone, and text message, and all of these things, instant everything. When I was growing up, we didn't have phones. My friend, <laughs> my childhood friend, my brother-in-law, we lived not too far from each other, so when we want to call each other, we didn't have phone. We go, I can't whistle. maybe I whistle so much, I can't even whistle anymore. I will whistle, and the thing will travel... It takes time. <laughs> it's not the cell phone. Hello, hey, what's up? No, we can't do hello, hey, what's up? Hello, hey, what's up? will take you like 10, 15 minutes to walk there and get it done. Understand that God will never give us anything that would destroy us. And that is why he will take us through a process and prepare us for what he wants to give to us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I will tell you this later on. I want to get through some things very quickly. I have some fun facts here about the Bible, but I'll tell you later. Uh, number one, I want us to open to Hebrews. Hebrews 
chapter 4 and verse 12. So when we talk about God cannot lie, what we are talking about is really the inerrancy of the word of God. It means there are no errors in the word of God. The word of God is inerrant. There's no erring. It doesn't err. The word of God is true. It's true. If he says it, that settles it. That settles it. Hebrews chapter 4 and the 12th verse, it says, For the word of God is what? Alive. Is alive. And is powerful. It is sharp and sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The first thing I'd like to tell you about the word of God is the word of God is God. Write that down. There is no distinction between God and his word. Can I say something? Can I say something? There should be no distinction between your word and you. A man that cannot keep his word is a man that lacks integrity. A man that lacks integrity, I I can't deal with those kind of people. Your word must be your bond. But we're not talking about about man, we're talking about God. John chapter 1 verse 10, you know it. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. The word of God is God. So any attribute you know of God, you can apply to the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 160. Psalm 119, verse 160. I'm reading the New King James Version. Psalm 119, verse 160. It says, the entirety of your word is truth. The entirety of the word of God is what? Truth. So when you pick up your Bible and you begin to read, you can Have confidence in every word that you're reading. I know we like the blessing part. But the not so blessing part is also true. The soul that's seen it. It is true. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. The word of God, the whole of it. When you pick up the Bible, you can trust in every word that God has spoken. So when the Bible says in Hebrews 13 and verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, you can trust in that. Because Jesus is the word, it means the word of God is true yesterday, it is true today, it is true forever. So for those that are saying, oh, God, uh, you know, when the Bible was written, we didn't have some understanding of some things. (laughs) You should be wary of such people. Because if truly God is God and he knows all things, nothing should catch him by surprise. Anybody saying that there is 
error in the scripture that the scripture is not complete, that they didn't know some things that we know now. We're saying we're smarter than God of the Bible. Praise the Lord. If everybody, if everybody in the world today decides that, okay, it's just going to be male and male and female and female, humanity will go to extinction. That should tell you something that that is not the natural order of life. So anybody that says, oh, when the Bible was written, they didn't have some information that should tell you that they are not thinking straight about the scripture. I'm not saying they are crazy. I'm just saying when it comes to scripture, their thinking is what? So the first thing I want you to know when it comes to the word of God is the word of God is God. So if you say, oh, that word is a lie, you are saying God is a liar. If you say that word is untrue, what you're saying is God is untrue. Why? Because you cannot separate God from his word. Does that make sense? Number two, very quickly. The scripture we read, uh, Hebrews 4.12, it says the word is alive. The word is alive and it's powerful. Alive means that word is able to give life. Colossians 2.13, the Bible says we were dead in sin, but God made us alive. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, you were dead because of your sins. And because of your sinful nature, you were caught away. Then God made you alive with Christ. Hallelujah. God made me alive with Christ. It means when the word comes into a person's life, it turns death to life. It turns poverty to prosperity. It turns sickness to healing. It turns death to life. Hallelujah. The word of God is alive. It's alive. One of my prayers and all of those that have been around me and we have prayed together will tell you this. One of the things I am believing God to happen to us during the prayer-thon is to, for everyone that will come to have an aha moment. Aha. Oh, wow. It's called a, a eureka moment. Eureka moment. Did I? Eureka. Eureka. Eureka moment. For everyone to have a eureka moment. A time when you're like, wow. So this is it. Rose, keep on laughing. I know your name. <laughs> For everyone to have a eureka moment. Gotcha. For everyone to have a eureka moment. A time when the lights just turns on. You go, wow. Wow, so this is what I'm missing. So this is what's lacking. And you know the next thing to do. Friends, God will never, somebody say never. never. He won't come from heaven and come down to the earth to do it for you. He will give you a lead on what you need to do. There is going to be a role that you are going to play in your destiny. What God needs to do is already done. Jesus came he laid down his life. He died for you and for me. He did it already. He did it so that you and I can be saved. I want you to rise to your feet this morning. We hope you've been blessed by this message. 
We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.